Yes, bro. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for making us to see this day. We're about to begin our devotion now. We pray that you would be with us in the person of your Holy Spirit. We ask, Father, that as we read, you grant us understanding of your word. We pray, Father, that you give us power to also put into practice the things that we will learn. We ask, Lord, that at the end of this devotion, that our characters will be better assimilated to that of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do this and take the glory in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Our High Calling, September 17. The Sure Penalty of Self-Indulgence. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 17 Perfection of character cannot be attained when the laws of nature are disregarded, for this is transgression of the law of God. Our High Calling, September 17 The Sure Penalty of Self-Indulgence If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 17 Perfection of character cannot be attained when the laws of nature are disregarded, for this is transgression of the law of God. His law is written by his own finger upon every nerve, every muscle, every fiber of our being, upon every faculty which has been entrusted to man. These gifts are bestowed not to be abused and corrupted, but to be used to his honor and glory in the uplifting of humanity. The relation that exists between mind and body is very intimate. When one is affected, the other is always more or less in sympathy. It is impossible for men, while under the power of sinful, health-destroying habits, to appreciate sacred truths. When the intellect is clouded, the moral powers are enfeebled, and sin does not look sinful. The most ennobling, grand, and glorious themes of God's word seem but idle tales. Satan can then easily snatch away the good seed that has been sown in the heart, for the soul is in no condition to comprehend or understand its true value. It is thus that selfish health-destroying indulgences are counteracting the influence of the message which is to prepare a people for the great day of God. We are living in a most solemn, awful moment of this earth's history. Not a soul whose life is one of careless self-degradation through transgression of physical laws will stand in the great day of trial just before us. There is a terrible account to be rendered to God by those who have but little regard for the human body and treat it ruthlessly. True religion and the laws of health go hand in hand. The least departure from the strictest integrity under any circumstances 
because it is convenient, will harden the conscience and prepare the way for the violation of moral obligations in other ways. If we treat the health of the body, which is our highest earthly interest, without due consideration, we prepare the way for temptation and the violation of higher claims. Amen. The specified direction on how to overcome them. Let me just, I think I'll take that again. It says, we are to lay brick by brick, adding grace to grace, finding our weak points and correcting them in accordance with the directions given. That was from Child Guidance. Okay. So that's in accordance with the direction given. Health reform is part of the directions given on how to overcome whatever weakness we find in ourselves. Because here in the first paragraph it says, Perfection of character cannot be attained when the laws of nature are disregarded, for this is the transgression of the law of God. And it is this perfection of character that we are gunning for. It's what we are aiming for. The Bible has told us it's possible. And if we are aiming for it, therefore we must know the laws of nature because that is the direction that we are told that we must follow to correct the weak points of our character. And he's saying now that if we don't follow this direction of the laws of health, then perfection of character will not be attained. That means the weaknesses that we find in ourselves, we will not be able to overcome them if we don't follow the laws of nature. Now, what are these laws of nature? First of all, it's already said that it's written in every muscle, every nerve, every fiber of our being. What does a law mean? A law means that it's, it, it gives you cause and effect. That is what laws are about, cause and effect. One law, what goes up, if you come down, or like action and reaction are equal and opposite, it's a law. Those are things that you cannot change. Our body also has its laws, and now we are told that if we don't know these laws and follow them, then we cannot attain perfection of character. These laws have to do with, though this devotion does not go into the detail of the laws, but I'll just mention a few of them. It has to do with every fiber of our being. When we wake up, when we sleep, what we eat, and when we eat it, what we drink, when we drink it, the combination of your food, how much you're exposed to sunlight, how much fresh air you breathe in, what is your prayer life like, your devotion, what is the content of, of the food in your plate, then even your mindset. What do you cherish in your mind? Envy, jealousy, all those things are part of the laws that has that God has written in every fiber, every muscle, and every nerve. And if we must attain perfection of character, we must know these laws and follow them. Graciously, God has given to us the light of health reform through the spirit of prophecy and delineated plainly what these laws are so that anyone who wants to attain perfection of character can follow these laws. And he would certainly attain it. Well, it's something we need to pray for because when you have long-established habits that is warring against the following of these laws, one needs the grace of the Holy Spirit to change these habits. Just take, for example, the habit of eating a particular article of diet or the habit of maybe drinking water while eating, which is wrong. 
some feel very make it feel like it's very difficult to change such habits so what i'm saying is to attain the perfection of character we also need to just not know the laws but also be prayerful for god to give us the grace to change whatever habits that we discover needs to be changed in our lives amen Okay, I want to comment also on the second paragraph. The second paragraph tries to explain why you cannot attain perfection of character if you don't follow the laws of our being. Many people do not understand how that the, there's a connection between the body and the mind. It is actually with the mind that we sin against God. The mind controls the body. It's in the mind that, like Jesus said, that out of the mind... If you read that um, Matthew 15, when when he was explaining to his disciples about how it is not what you eat that actually affects, that makes commits the sin, but what he was trying to explain there too, he said that it is out of the heart of man, which is the mind, flows out all evil things. But in this devotion now, we are made to understand that that thing which you eat affects your mind let's look at one very potent example things like these hard drugs cocaine marijuana methamphetamines you see how when people take them it affects their mind and then the character also changes that's just a potent example of how what you put into your mouth and what you inhale affects your character those ones are extreme examples. But what people don't understand is that there are other milder examples in the foods that we eat, just the common food we eat. Sugar, for example, can affect somebody's mindset. Okay, so the other foods we eat can also have effects on our mind. It's what people do not really understand. That some things like, uh, what's the name now? This glutamate they are neurotransmitters they affect the brain and glutamate we find it in maggi monosodium glutamate they are neurotransmitters that can go to your brain and effect some changes there if people understand the function of the brain the basal part of your brain the limbic system there are foods that trigger the limbic system the limbic system is a control of things like anger your passions fear lusts you have parts of the limbic system i just i know majorly two of them which is the uh, nucleus accumbens and the amygdala yeah there are other ones like the hippocampus hypothalamus they are all part of the limbic system but one i know that has been studied very well is the nucleus accumbens and the amygdala amygdala is in charge of things like fear anger even lust and even the nucleus accumbens is still involved in those things, especially the one of sensuality. Now, what people do not understand is that there are foods you eat that stimulate these parts of the brain, the amygdala, the nucleus accumbens, and it's, a, it's just a law. Once they are stimulated, the person has a certain feeling, and if you learn to function by feeling, you would, the feeling will transform or come out in your actions, in your character. Some foods like monosodium glutamate trigger the nucleus accumbens, trigger the amygdala, so that you are no longer in charge of yourself. You start to feel a bit sensual when you take these things. If you feel aroused. It's a study. Studies have been made on the amygdala, for example, where people eat highly flavored foods. That's what the study showed. When people eat highly flavored foods, the amygdala is triggered. 
there was a man, I can't remember that man's name now, Chap something, I remember, who, his own case was that his amygdala was damaged. And because of that, he went on a killing spree, took gun and killed so many people until he was shot himself. And that was how he was able to be stopped. On studying his brain, they found out that he, his da- amygdala was damaged. Many serial killers, it has been studied on them too. People like um, Ted Bundy, the Green River Killer, I can't remember his name now. They, it has been seen that their amygdala is damaged also. Either it is a bit smaller or not functioning as, as properly as it should. And they don't have fear, which is supposed to be a good thing. What kind of fear? When they want to kill people, they feel no anxiety at all. They just do it very casually. Very, very casually. The Green River Killer, especially, I remember, said he never felt anxiety killing anybody. So that even when he kills and puts somebody in his boots, as he's driving and he meets the police, the police never reads any anxiety in him. They don't even check his boots. He said many times that after he had killed people, and he doesn't, the, the, the dead body is right there in his boots. Police stops him. But because of how he's not anxious, no fear, and the reason for that no fear and no anxiety is because his amygdala was damaged. Now, what are the kind of things that damage the amygdala over stimulation? Things like pepper, things like monosodium glutamate, and even, these are studied things I'm saying, flesh diet also stimulates it to the point of it, it's getting damaged. And I'm, I would also say some movies too, some things we watch, some books we read, those things, they also stimulate these parts of our body. And then feelings come up. They either make us react wrongly or they damage them. And then our actions become wrong. This is why we are reading here that there is a connection. There is a sympathy between the mind and the body. Another thing that can affect the mind is overeating. When one overeats, the mind is no longer in control of itself. Most times you start having thoughts that are not good because of overeating. I mentioned sugar also. That one causes hyperactivity one is one starts to act impulsively so this is this this is the sympathy that exists between the mind and the body and it's a good study for one to do the reason why many people don't even understand this thing is they've not studied it but it's affecting everybody they don't know that their food is affecting their character that even the time you sleep too affects your body and affects your character whether you sleep enough or not even what time you choose to sleep all those things are studies that are going on today scientifically and are proving that our character is affected by what lifestyle habits we are following. Like I just mentioned now, even sleeping, there's even the drinking of water, there's the food we eat. Then they have seen the one of resting once a week. Once you are able to break off from work every Sabbath without engaging in work, it gives you time for recreation. Your whole body and mind is recreated. So that you are in a, you stand a better chance to keep the commandments of God just by having that moment of respite, that moment where you stop your work on the seventh day of the week, commune with God. It helps the mind to also be in the right condition for the Holy Spirit to dwell in it and then keep the commandments of God. There are, there's much that can be said about this, of course, and we can't exhaust everything now, but it's anybody listening should make a study on these things the sympathy between the mind and the body check how your food affects your character i just remembered one that was written by barbara steed 
she wrote a book about uh, I can't remember the name of that book now about how the, f- the food and behavior yes I think that was the title she did a study on prisoners two sets of prisoners were given one set was fed a vegan diet strict vegan diet while another set were, f- were fed the normal food they were giving them in prison it was found that I think almost all or a very high percentage maybe I think almost 100% of the prisoners on the vegan diet, when they leave the prison, they never come back again. But those who were on the flesh diet, when they leave prison, they always come back. Their behavior never changed. They were always getting bad. But those on the vegan diet, it was found that their character gradually changed. They became more able to be controlled. They became more responsible. They started thinking more responsibly themselves and thinking of uh, doing better things, their ability to do or the anxiety, the push to do those evil things they used to do, it really came down. It's a very big blessing God has given us in this health reform, the food you eat. For people who are usually angry, you overeat, you eat peppery food, you eat stimulate, highly stimulating food, the person will not be able to control themselves again. That's why it says an intemperate man cannot be a, patient, a, a Christian, and he cannot be patient also. So it's a good study that one can do. Make studies and understand these things. When you know your weakness, understand, okay, I need help in this area. God has given directions on how to correct these weaknesses. Health reform is one of the directions on how to con- con- control these these weaknesses, especially things like sensuality and anger. When you have problems with lust and anger, this health reform is a very good remedy for such things. May God bless us as we follow it in Jesus' name. Okay, following on the former thought that there are things that are thoughts that are aroused by Satan or by the things we eat, the things we drink, etc. I just want to read a quote from Adventist from Paul 7, paragraph 3 that seems to solidify this point. It says, As Satan knows what organs to excite, to animate, engross and charm the mind so that Christ is not desired. The spiritual longings of the soul for divine knowledge, for a growth in grace, are wanting. So if you link it to what he has already said, you find out that, so since Satan knows the organs to excite, how does he excite it? From the things we eat, from the things we listen to. In fact, the context of this quote was actually on the music we listen to. There's some music you listen to and you will not have any desire for Christ, for godliness, or for anything in that nature. So, the, the, the reading we have had this morning is trying to remind us that perfection of character cannot be met or achieved if we don't know the relation between the mind and the what? And the body. There's another quote too I, I want to read here. It's also found in uh, in this book, the testimonies. Sorry, Councils of the Church, page 182, paragraph 3. This paragraph says, Showy, extravagant dress too often encourages lust in the heart of the wearer and awakens base passions in the heart of what the beholder Council of the church page 182 paragraph 3 so you, you can see a reform here now so we, if god wants us to perfect a character our character 
where we may be we don't know what is causing us to feel very sensual here we are being told clothes can make you feel what sensual so you may want to overcome that sensuality in thought you don't know that the clothes you're even putting on is even what causing you to do that even pride can be triggered by what the clothes you're wearing and also affect those who behold it so i i see here that god in his love is trying to put us through principles directions like he has said that can help us to perfect character you can desire so much i want to be this I want to be that. You don't know that the principles or the lifestyle we are living is counter, going uh, counter, or uh, going against the very thing we desire. So it's in love, it's in mercy that God opens up these secrets to us, so that we can actually be perfect, especially in this time. Okay. Furthermore, I want to. If we follow on to in, in the book of Proverbs 15, verse 13, there's another principle here. The Bible says that a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A merry heart. What are the things that make for a merry heart? We know, for instance, the kind of, uh, uh, when we have a heart of gratitude towards God, the things God has done for us, Bible and uh, some a song will say count your blessings what name them one by one when we think of the goodness of God and smile in spite of our difficulties and smile in spite of our challenges it will make for a merry heart the 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 other way is if we are let's say we are concentrating on news or uh, news yes let's say news on the tv on the phone news on the the newspapers that are carrying news or information that is of sad things or of uh, uh, disaster so often we focus our mind on these things they will make us very sad and make us very this this uh, this uh, uh, how i put it now very discontented or in a confused mind very troubled so we should be very objective in the kind of things we watch whether it's news or uh, on the paper, maybe digital or print, we should be able to uh, filter the kind of things we allow our minds to dwell on because they can influence our character. So I just want to add up to that. Okay, we are reading our High Court in 260, paragraph 4. That is the fourth paragraph in the devotion for today. We are living in a most solemn, awful moment of this earth's history. Not a soul whose life is one of careless self-degradation through transgression of physical laws will stand in the great day of trial just before us. There's a terrible account to be rendered to God by those who have but little regard for the human body and treat it ruthlessly. True religion and the laws of health go hand in hand. I want to speak on the issue that confronts some sometimes. I hear of people who want to embrace the health reform, but they're not doing it with all their heart. Somehow, 
they have a longing towards that which they the kind of life that uh, the bible have said is indulgence and gluttony they to be plain they this they seem to behave that they, they seem to make the health reform look as if it's it's uh, not conducive it's it's something that is crushing it's a load a burden on the mind and you see such people indicates this kind of um, uh, say this kind of things like uh, sometimes when you have eaten well and left meat after maybe just once in a week or so you can take cook you can just chill out and later on you detoxify they you always use this word detoxify and I've heard people say that to me I was being advised not to take the health reform too strict and just be eating only these uh, nuts, fruits, and vegetables all the time. Sometimes can just at least buy buns, eat. When you are hungry and very hungry, you can, you can just go out of your way and and uh, buy snacks. Snacks is not the now. Even if it's bad, later on you can just detoxify. Some health reformers or would be health reformers or those who are called vegetarians. Uh, we do that. Health reform is different from vegetarianism. Vegetarianism can indulge in some things, uh, some things that are not necessarily meat-based. But like the principle God is giving is that anything that we stimulate the body should not be taken, even if it looks like a plant. For example, marijuana is a plant. Um, opium, um, weed, they are all plants. Pepe, but these things are not good for the body and we should not take them. The health reform principle is that which is good for the body, take temperately. That which is not good for the body, avoid it at all. So there is no time when coke will be good for my body. There is no time when um, all these other poisons will be good for ice cream, will be good for my body. So I should not, because of an excitement or a party or a picnic, take a one spoon alone because I want to please somebody. The next paragraph says, the least departure from the strictest integrity under any circumstance, any, because it is convenient, we harden the conscience and prepare the way for the violation of moral obligations in other ways. Because of the time we are living in, that is the point actually, because of the time we are living in, Jesus does not want us to compromise. Since we have the view that we want to reflect the image of our Lord fully, he wants then to so dwell in us as to do that work for us because we cannot do it for ourselves and we have to give him that permission we have to we have to cooperate with him by not giving half of our bodies but to give all of our bodies presented as a living sacrifice to him because we have a terrible account to render to god first corinthians sorry i don't i can't remember the exact text now in the bible that says that we are to render an account to god for all the deeds done in the body. So that time when you want to indulge yourself because of a family relation or because of one thing or another, and then you compromise, uh, you, you deviate from the least uh, strictest uh, principle, you are you are going to render an account for what you did that day to God. He will not. He would. He will ask you. So you love that person, or you love them, that has cream more than my precepts. And just as the laws of God are written upon every nerve and every fiber. The body will record that. There is something also that God has put in our bodies that operate like the records in heaven. That thing is called the genes. Anything you do, every action you take every day, especially with regards to food, 
is recorded there and you see the results later on in life through your offspring or through character development as a, as a second as the last paragraph said if you deviate in small small things like that that you will also be you also deviate in other moral obligations that might not be related to food it might be in just standing for the truth when you're not supposed to lie standing for the truth when you're not supposed to steal you will not even know when you excuse yourself and do it and you be you if later on you come to your senses you'll be asking yourself, why did i even do this thing now it was because of something you did sometime that was recorded in your in your brain your genes and um you didn't repent of it and ask god for forgiveness for him to cleanse it <clears throat> and remain there and worked out your worked out something later but thank god that he's giving us these things <clears throat> just as he wants us to increase day by day and grow in spirituality this is the way also he wants us to grow in the health reform begin where you are and ask the lord for help and then every day you check what you are eating ask yourself okay this is what i'm eating what are they good for my body uh, what would they produce would they help me upward in my christian journey before you throw it into your mouth ask those solemn questions before uh, so that you can whether you are good to do away with it or not to do away with it and also health reform does not mean that your food will be too complex let your food just be simple and uh, palatable it will be okay and to give you healthful vigor may god help us so that um you know, these things will be put into practice and will not depart from the strictest integrity. Amen. Okay. Following on, on the thought, the text says that if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. That's, that's a fearful warning. And then as it is in the natural so it is in the spiritual when jesus went to the temple they were buying and selling and jesus drove them out and then he said take these things hands they'll make my father's house a house of merchandise in other words they were buying and selling illegally in the temple and this was a house that jesus already knew would be destroyed now, if he was angry at a physical temple that would be destroyed, how would he be concerning our own bodies now, which is the true temple? Because that temple was representing the human body. All these buying and selling we are doing in the body how would he see us? Because we remember Daniel when he said he chose not to defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. And the reading is telling us that there is a close sympathy between what we eat and spirituality, the mind. In the Ministry of Healing, um, chapter 18, Mind Cure. I read, it says, the relation that exists between the mind and the body is very intimate. When one is affected, the other sympathizes. The condition of the mind affects the health to a far greater degree than many realize. 
Many of the diseases from which men suffer are the result of mental depression, grief, anxiety, discontent, remorse, guilt, distrust, all tend to break down the life forces and to invite decay and death. Now we were told from the from when Brother Siki was mentioning the 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 effect of MSG on the brain. You, we do not know. Th it's a wonderful process how the body will convert whatever we put in into the blood and send it to the brain. And so much so that food can make you hate people. We have children that hate their parents now, and there is no love in the world today because of what people are eating. And so God is telling us that we should go back to the plan. The body is not even our own. We are stewards. And so when the owner of the body comes and see all these things we've been doing, and, and it's, it's also a mark of selfishness. We're not considering the fact that eternal interests are laid upon us, and so we just choose to do what we want to do for the moment and not considering the greater good. So it is our, my, my prayer that we consider these things. And Jesus said, when you know these things, blessed are you if you practice them. Amen. There is one more study I just want to mention quickly before we close. I cannot reference them now. Hopefully I'll reference them later. I wish I had prepared it. The man I was referring to before was Charles Whitman, who was, they, they, rec they studied and found out that his amygdala was damaged and he was on a killing spree. It was just because he was unnecessarily stimulated. I remember reading one of that study that was done on the amygdala on a, on a patient and electrodes were placed on the amygdala of that person and they would just stimulate it very mildly. And whenever they stimulated, they were conversing with the person. And as a doctor was conversing with the person, the person was saying how he or she feels. And some, then the, the stimulation was increased on the amygdala. And then he asked the person, how do you feel? And he says, I just feel angry. I just feel angry. I feel like beating up someone. And then, I don't know if it's the same patient or another one. One of them asked, they stimulated the amygdala. I think it's the same patient. He was holding a guitar. The person took the guitar smashed it on the wall and just kept on smashing it smashing it and until he damaged it completely and when the person was asked the person said he doesn't understand what's going on he doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing you see this psychiatric uh, the what they call it now experiments that are done that was what this was happening to this person just stimulation of the amygdala another one another study that was done on rats and monkeys they were when the amygdala is stimulated and for monkeys, uh, very profound, <laughs> very profound effects. They start masturbating with the wall. Another man, the same thing, damaged amygdala, will be found doing the same thing, just masturbate or trying to just having sex with any object at all, whether it's the wall or anything. You see that this our brain has its own laws, and they found out that all these things were all just just playing with playing with the brain touch it here, touch it there, and all these responses happen. So there are laws of this mind that we need to understand. And of course, I've already mentioned before the studies about how it is some foods, some foods we put into our body, some things you inhale also. Just like you, you see how things we, things we inhale can affect the way we feel. 
you inhale a bad smell, you feel offended too. And you say, you say it's an offensive smell. Is that not what you say? And it gets you angry. And then there are some that you inhale that can actually make you calm. Another one can make you sensual. You said? To laugh, yes. Laughing gas. You see how the, our senses are well connected with our behavior. You can inhale something and you start laughing. You can inhale something and you get angry. You can inhale another one and you're calm. You can inhale another one and you feel sensual. That's why you see all this perfume they write on them. Passion. These, uh, some sensual uh, names are given to them. With the sense that they are trying to tell you that if you inhale this thing, it will make you prepare for sexual activity. So those are things we need to understand about this, our body. The things we put in, whether through the nose or through the mouth or through the eyes, they affect our character. We've not talked of the eyes very much. That's what we read and what we watch. I think you mentioned something like that. The movies you watch can make you violent. The games you play, they can make you violent also or sensual. Anyone, anyone. But Satan is the one that does these things and it's our duty to take note of these things. Avoid those things that you know will bring about a wrong feeling. Because many times, even though we are not supposed to function by our feelings, we actually function by our feelings. It's to our advantage if we can. And okay, since we know that our feelings help us to make the right choices, it's true we're supposed to go against our feelings. But why put yourself in this condition where your feeling is always wrong and it makes it more difficult for you to do the right thing? Because even though I feel wrong, I may feel sad, but I'm not supposed to act by my sad feeling. I may feel sensual, but I have not sinned if I don't follow that sensual feeling and bring it into action or even thoughts, dwelling on evil thoughts just because of how I feel. But we have the advantage if we can, through the things we do to ourselves, create the right feelings so that it becomes easy for us to at least do the right thing. Are you, have you not been in such a situation where you just have a wrong feeling, like you are just feeling sensual for nothing? You just stay like this and you're just, you're just feeling aroused for nothing. Yes, where is it coming from? Sometimes it's overeating. Sometimes it's overeating. Sometimes eating the wrong article of food and you are feeling this way. Now you are not supposed to dwell on evil thoughts, of course, and you're not supposed to act out your sensual feelings. You have not sinned. It's just a feeling. But what I'm saying is, would it not be better if we understand the laws of our mind and body so that we can avoid creating such feelings in the first place? It becomes harder, of course, especially for people who have naturally become impulsive. Those who are not naturally, as in, yes, have self-control. It's better for them because some people, even though they have the feelings, they are not impulsive in character. But those who are impulsive, immediately the feeling comes, what happens? You know time to think. And, but we are told in Ministry of Healing, chapter 38, I don't know the exact page now, that we should learn not to act from impulse. But for some people, they are already like that. So it's better for them not to even create those feelings. Because once the feeling comes, feelings for them is character already. I, I'm angry, it comes out in the mouth. I'm angry, it comes out in the actions. I'm sensual, it comes out in the actions. But there are those who are not like that. They may think about it and no, no, they suppress it. So it's better for us to create that environment where the feelings are kept under so that we can function properly. Before you can now even learn how to suppress those bad feelings it's a good study for anybody to make i pray that god will give us grace to learn more about these things and put them in practice in jesus name let's pray our father in heaven thank you for the light that you've given to us concerning our mind and our body and how to use the laws of this mind and body to attain perfection of character father in heaven those things which we know 
there are times when we do not even practice all of them. We pray, Father, that you give us the grace to put all the, all that we know into practice. We also pray that you would enlighten us more and more and help us, Lord, if there's something we are not aware of that would help us to attain this perfection of character as we should, that you bring it to our notice. Lord in heaven, we commit ourselves to you today. We pray that you give us the grace to, in all that we do, glorify your name in our eating, in our walking, in our drinking, that everything we do will be done in harmony with the laws of nature and the law of God. Thank you, Father, for I know you've heard our prayers. Thank you for I know you answer. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.